0: And good afternoon How about those funky sounds You're listening to the Afternoon Jazz and Funk Right here at WHGE 95.3 FM, your radio station for information, education, and advocacy. We represent your voice. We are the station for the community. And you're now listening to Rasha Wilson, here uh, for the Political Power Hour, a subsidiary of Make Some Intelligent Noise, the Justice Movement and today we talk politics every Wednesday from 4 p.m. until 5 p.m. We talk politics. So thank you for joining me. I appreciate you being here. I am so happy to be in your presence once again. Thank you so much. I am Rochelle Wilson and you will always find me on all of my social media outlets. I'm on Facebook, YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, podcasting from Apple, uh, Spotify, Anchor, Google, and a few others have picked me up. So there's no reason why you can't open your earbuds and tune in and listen to the words and the wisdom of someone who cares. I care about you, so I am the liberator of your mind, set your mind free, and the rest of you will follow. You are listening to WHGE 95.3 FM, the one and only black-owned and operated news information and advocacy station in the state of Delaware. Thanks so much to the ingenuity and the ambition of one Mr. Dr. Harmon Carey, and to our technical staff, we thank you and say bravo for making us greater and better all the time. To Mr. James Bailey and to Mr. Eric Johnson, we say thank you. Now, ladies and gentlemen, let's get right into it. I wanna make a few announcements very briefly and then let's talk politics. I want to simply remind you that on July 1st, July 1st, The Chris White Gallery will be open from 5 until 9 p.m. That's at 701 uh, 701 North Shipley Street. 701 North Shipley Street. The floating and stinging Chris White Gallery. Uh, You want to check them out on July 1st. 2022. Also, remember soon we've got coming up Kevin Jackson and acute inflections uh, being presented to you for Delaware Loves Jazz, the concert fundraiser by Zeta Phi Beta, Sorority Incorporated, uh, the Epsilon Ro Zeta chapter. So you want to make sure that you chime in for that. You can always find tickets. Uh, they're $40. Just simply reach out to Mr. Wayne Roy Jr. at 302-377-0835. We appreciate that so much. If you love jazz, you don't want to miss that concert. And also, uh, a sincere and heartfelt to anyone who is suffering from uh, addiction. If you are interested in becoming becoming a recovering addict, uh, someone who no longer is dealing with addiction, Then we invite you, if you're here in the city of Wilmington, uh, wherever you are in the city, here at 9th and Pine Central Baptist Church at 7 o'clock p.m. until 8.30 p.m., we offer a warm and open welcome. You are welcome at Central Baptist Church every Tuesday from 6.45, 7 p.m. until 8.30 p.m. if you are dealing with recovery or an addiction. You are a loved one. Here, Eastside Pride and WHGE have collaborated to help heal our community. And we thank you so much for participating in that program. We want to save as many people as we can. So by now many of us are already very, very familiar with the politics of Roe v. Wade. Roe has been um, pretty much much knocked out of the box. Roe v. Wade. Roe has been knocked out of the box. It has been overturned by SCOTUS, our uh, Supreme Court of the United States has overturned Roe v. Wade. And so now women no longer have a right to choose because uh, in the overturning of Roe v. Wade, that does not make an exemption or an exception for rape or incest victims. Rape and incest victims will not be treated any differently. You will not be allowed to receive an abortion. And uh, many of us have a lot of different thoughts on it, but I say whether you are pro-life or pro-choice, ladies and gentlemen, it is about a woman's right to choose. How is it possible? What audacity of the United States Supreme Court justices, who do they think they are to abrogate our right to choose? We, natural women, will have the right to give birth or not at our discretion. They have stolen our rights. And mind you, many of our United States uh, Supreme Court Justices uh, of the United States at this time, they have been hand selected, hand selected, hand picked by none other (laughs) than former President Donald Trump. Donald Trump appointed many of our United States Supreme Court justices that sit on the benches and they have overturned Roe v. Wade. It is historical and they have set us back hundreds of years. I I really, um, regardless of whether you're pro-life or if you are uh, pro-choice, that's fine. Uh, You know, people can rally and say what they want to say, but at the end of the day, ladies and gentlemen, uh, perhaps I'm just old school. I am a firm believer that people have a right to choose. But I wanted to read a little something to you from uh, an email that I received from the ACLU. Uh, So, This is what they gave me, House Bill 320, House Bill 320, which allows advanced practice clinicians, APCs, to provide medication abortions. Uh, It was signed by Governor Carney in April. uh, And so now APCs uh, allows them to provide procedural abortion Care And it has passed the House and will be voted on by the Senate uh, in the next, probably the next session when we come back. Uh, Tomorrow will be the very last day of this session of the General Assembly for the State of Delaware, Legislative Hall. Uh, After today, it's a done deal. Tomorrow, tomorrow, after tomorrow, Thursday, it's a done deal. June 30th cuts it off and we wait until January to come back into session and start all over again with many of the bills. If they did not get passed in this particular session, then we must wait to advocate for them after January of 2023. Uh, I I can't tell you, even though this is the political power hour, I cannot tell you why we have to start all over. Uh, If bills uh, were on the floor and receiving uh, good leverage, I do not understand why we have to cease and desist from them and wait until January before we are allowed to put those bills back on the floor. But uh, whatever that process is, that is the process. So if it doesn't get passed between today and tomorrow, and uh, considering it is now after 4 o'clock p.m. uh, on Wednesday, June the 29th, I do not see any more bills getting passed today, which leaves you one day tomorrow, the last day of June. So, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I did invite Senator Darius Brown of the 2nd District to please chime in, give us a call here at the radio station to tell us more information in detail about his Equal Rights Bill. Uh, It's a celebration of equal rights in Delaware. And I personally would like to know more about it. Perhaps you're already ahead of the game and you already know what's going on. I. I'm very curious. For those of us that don't know, we want to talk to Senator Darius Brown to give us the inside scoop on why are we celebrating equal rights in Delaware? Uh, what has happened that perhaps I'm not, I haven't been made aware of? I didn't know that we had equal rights in Delaware. When I look at my court systems, uh, the judicial system, I, I just really have to take a closer look. Uh, and compare and see where are the equal rights under the law here in the state of Delaware. So, you know, in terms of our cannabis, for those uh, that want to see the marijuana, the cannabis bill passed, If it doesn't get through by tomorrow, ladies and gentlemen, you'll have to wait until January to bring that up again, to advocate for that. Uh, I simply am advocating whether they pass it or don't pass it. I kind of agree with uh, someone that I was speaking with last week. Make it social economic justice you know, the same people that, you, that are posted up on the corners selling marijuana that you want to lock them up, why don't you just take them, they are ready and waiting and prepared for you to teach them the business skills needed in order to open their own dispensaries. If we're going to make marijuana legal across the board and across the nation, let's stop filling up America's prisons with these low-level marijuana offenses, And those same folks get them into a business class, because they're certainly businessmen uh, by every account of the word. It takes a lot of skill to do what those people do, post it up on the corners or the blocks or wherever they're posted, okay? It takes a lot of business skills to do that, to manage the money. You're a mathematician by by nature. You just, you're a mathematician by nature. You can count the money coming in, count the money going out, your product, your everything that's going on. Give them a business class. Let them start their own dispensaries and make the social economic capital fair and equal across the board. Other people are are starting dispensaries. Why, why can't the brother on the corner or the people are on the corner are posted up on the block? Am I making any sense or am I talking totally stupid? Am I being stupid right now, ladies and gentlemen, or am I making any sense at all? Am I making any intelligent noise? Okay, so I, I I see a very simplistic and wise solution to a lot of the marijuana problem uh, that the states are, are dealing with. Make it legal. You couldn't make it legal before because you couldn't tax it. Now that you have a way to make money off of it, make it legal and let people mind their own business and do whatever it is that they choose to do with their bodies. As long as they're not hurting other people, causing injuries or or life or, you know, threat to life. People have a right to do what they want to do. I can think of a whole lot of sins, sinful things. They're not crimes, but they're certainly sinful. They're crimes against that which is greater than ourselves. If you believe that there is a a supreme and divine eternal being, the, the being that created time and the planets and you and gives you life and breath every day, if you believe in that, as I do believe that there that does exist and is very, very real and eminent, then there are crimes being committed against that entity that we all say, let's be inclusive and diverse. But yet we will target people from smoking marijuana or a woman's body, a right to choose to have an abortion if that's the case, especially in rape or incest. So, When I look at things, uh, you know, maybe I'm looking at them with a skewed vision. Perhaps my vision is skewed on this. Maybe I'm wearing rose-colored glasses as I look at this. But you got to remember, ladies and gentlemen, I'm that sister. I've done enough shenanigans in my lifetime, in my early days of my youth, and I've got enough silver hair on my head now. My battle scars prove that I am a wise woman. So you take those two and you put it together, and what do you have? To me, it seems very simple. Very simplistic solutions to many of the governmental problems that we're having in America today. Perhaps even the world. Perhaps even the world. I'm actually appalled with the overturning of of Roe v. Wade. Not so much because I support abortion. I am in no way suggesting that I do or that I do not. I am suggesting the right to choose my body, my choice. That's like forcing me uh, to take a medication or an inoculation that I do not want in my body. You cannot force me to do that. Although you may try by telling me I cannot be employed at a particular job unless I receive medication for some sickness or illness out here in the world. Perhaps you'll say that to me. But what the Supreme Court has done, (laughs) they have taken away our right to choose. And that's the part that I am disappointed about. You cannot abrogate our, our natural inalienable and unalienable rights. You cannot do that. So now what are we the people going to do? Because the Republicans and the Democrats are all up in a tizzy about it. Some are celebrating and they're, they're, they're clapping their hands and stomping their feet, or maybe they're clapping their feet and stomping their hands, but they're ecstatic about this. They're absolutely ecstatic, but I wonder, have they stopped to think for a moment? If you make abortion illegal again, what are we going to revert to doing? Because women, Men and women, natural men and women, are going to continue to reproduce. People will continue to make babies, perhaps unwanted babies. Women, unfortunately, until every man gets it in his mind that he's not, he does not have a right to sexually assault a woman, then we can say rape. What happens to the woman who has been raped? or if there's incest in the family and a girl, a young girl is is assaulted by incest, will you force her to have that child? Would you force her to look that child in the eye every day because you didn't give her a choice to do anything other than that? I'm sure there are many beautiful babies that have been born to rape or incest and they're just wonderful. They're just magnificent little children, babies, human beings running around. Perhaps. I don't know. But what I can tell you again, this isn't about the right to have an abortion or the right to not have an abortion. This isn't pro-life or pro-choice. It's pro-choice. <laughs> My right to choose what I do with my body, Supreme Court, SCOTUS, has taken away that right. So now, what do we do, ladies and gentlemen? You know what many, many will do? They will revert to what is called back, <laughs> backyard or alley abortions, back alley abortions, where you've got somebody doing something with a needle and thread in in the back room unsanitary unclean uh, nothing has been sanitized even the room itself and these young girls who find themselves in precarious situations perhaps accidentally or because of rape or because of incest or maybe someone whispered in their ear come on baby if you love me you'll do this and she does it and now she's pregnant and he's gone and she's stuck She's stuck, not him. He's free to go and tell the next person, oh, baby, if you love me, you'll do this. But she's stuck. And I don't see the right, the fairness in any of that. I don't see, I don't see the justice in that. So she goes and has back alley abortions and runs the risk of putting her own life in jeopardy simply because she couldn't go and have a sanitary, clean, well-orchestrated medical professional to assist her because that was no longer available to her. There will be back alley abortions. You haven't stopped abortion, Supreme Court justices or Donald Trump. You haven't stopped abortions. Do not think that you've stopped it. You've simply made it illegal And now the back alley doctors, with a toothpick and a a razor blade and some needle and thread, they're ready and they're waiting for these young girls to show up at their back doors. And that's all you've done, SCOTUS. That's all you've done, is put our little girls in in danger's way. And it's so unfortunate because I know some of you will have a nasty comment about this, but unfortunately it is the truth. The overturning of Roe v. Wade will disproportionately, disproportionately affect our brown little girls, brown women and brown little girls. Disproportionately. What have you done? You have set us back decades. By doing this and for what? For what? Because people, there are people who believe uh, that after the mo- from the moment of conception, the moment of conception, it is actually considered as a life. But when you look at the science of a heart and the development of a brain and a spinal cord and kidneys and livers, all of the things that technically make us human, that actually say we are alive. Lungs that breathe air, a heartbeat, you gotta have a heartbeat, you gotta have air. If you don't even have lungs yet or the heart has not developed, you don't have a spinal cord so there's no brain, but you say it's life and I don't have a right to make a decision. That's the part that upsets me. But those people they say it's life and they don't like it. So they would rather have all of our beautiful little girls of all nationalities, of all nationalities, they'd rather have our beautiful little babies, our little girls, 16, 17, 18, 19, whatever, nowadays perhaps 14, our 14 year old little girls, if they find themselves jammed up in a precarious situation for whatever the reason, incest rape. I love you. If you love me, you'll do this with me. Whatever the circumstances are that got her into the precarious situation, she will now be stuck with it or she will go to the back alley doctors and put her life at risk. I'm sorry, ladies and gentlemen. I, I Good afternoon, Miss Wilson. Okay, thank you so much. I'm actually live on the radio right now, so I'll have to—I'll uh, be there to pick that up. Thank you. <laughs> I apologize, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, that was Staples calling me to let me know that my order. Is ready for pickup. I uh, I have I'm having some more cards, some business cards being made for my new website, and all of my social media platforms. Uh, you will now be able to find everything on one platform, and uh, I've got the QR code on my cards. So all you have to do is scan uh, the QR code and all of my social media platforms will now come up. So that was Staples calling me and I do apologize uh, if I interrupted your groove. So uh, moving right along though, uh, yeah, so that's what has me all in a, in a tizzy is uh, the abrogation of my right to choose. Okay, uh, moving right along, ACLU is also telling us that in regards of economic justice, and they're not talking about the dispensaries, the legal marijuana cannabis dispensaries, THC, they're not talking about that economic justice. They're talking about the bill for low-income renters' rights to representation in in an eviction proceeding. Uh, It is currently stalled in the House. The House of Representatives, uh, it has not, it has not taken uh, to the Senate yet. I'm sorry, has it? Yes, it is Senate Bill. So it is Senate Bill 101, and it's being stalled in the House. Uh, for the bill is for low-income renters' right to representation. If you receive an eviction notice, you have a right to representation to go through the courts and do this thing legally and lawfully. They cannot just come in and take your property. There's something abrogating or right about that as well. Okay, you know, it's really interesting. I know we're talking politics uh, today, but I I tell you in so many ways, ladies and gentlemen, and perhaps that was why I started the Political Power Hour is because it is so synonymous with the make some intelligent noise justice movement, you often will find that justice and politics uh, go hand in hand. One sort of washes or covers the other. So it's very difficult to talk about politics and not mention something uh, in regards to justice and vice versa when you talk about justice you got to talk politics because politicians are the legislators who make the rules. They make the rules uh, based on you, the voter, who says, this is what I want. If you vote that person in because you like them on one issue, or maybe you like them just as a person, but you don't necessarily even know what their issues are. What are their politics? What do they stand for? Maybe you pick one thing uh, that you like, but they've got five or six other campaigns on their platform. So maybe if you don't do the research, you don't know about all of these other five or six platforms uh, that they're pushing, these agendas. So you vote for them. Now they're in. And what, what happens? What happens when they start going against your grain? against what it is that you want to see happen because you like them for one thing, but you didn't do the research to know about all of these other things. Now I can understand oftentimes when I go to the voting polls, I have to take at least three things from each person that I like. I can tolerate one, two, and three. So I'm going to vote for you. I'm going to push the button and pull the lever and pull the curtain and I'm going to vote for you. But you got to have at least three agendas that are in synchronicity with my own. There's no way I'm going to vote for someone who wants to see more incarceration. I'm not interested in that. I'm not going to vote for someone who agrees uh, in the abrogation of my constitutional and and inalienable and unalienable rights, both as a woman and as a human being. How about you? Are you going to vote for those people? What if you What if you find that uh, someone is in synchronicity with you on one issue, maybe guns? Maybe you like a particular politician who's going to eradicate uh, a good portion of the gun problem. Wh- whatever that means. I'm not going down that road, but whatever that means to you. They're, they're working with gun laws the way you want them to work with gun laws. So you're going to vote for them. But did you know what if, perhaps, what if this particular person is also voting, uh, that it's okay to evict people take their property from them without going to courts or the the necessary process or without representation? What if, what if you like them for uh, perhaps uh, reversing the overturn of Roe v. Wade? You believe a woman does have a right to choose, and so you vote for them because of that. And then you find out later that they are not against uh, certain things taking place with gun laws. It's okay, freedom to have your gun. Yes, everyone shall have the right to bear arms. It's in the Constitution. All I'm saying to you, ladies and gentlemen, is by the time you get to those voting polls, the primaries are in September. Primaries are in September, so you got to start looking now at what are the campaign issues that these people are putting out and hold them accountable to their promises. I've got to have at least three three agendas for any politician that I vote for. I've got to have at least three agendas. I like this, I like this, I like this, I'm not so crazy about that, but I like these three. So if I can push these three, uh, then I'll get back to that last one later on. Prioritize. You got to put things in priority, ladies and gentlemen. What's most important? Medicaid for elders uh, or senior citizens are sick and shut in, should not have to pay excessive amounts of uh, finances in order to get their medications. And yes, I am absolutely against Big Pharma because they're the biggest drug dealers in the world and nobody's trying to put them in jail. Quite the opposite. We give them money, we support them. Mainstream media says, yes, take Big Pharmaceuticals drugs, take it, pop pop it, push it, shoot it, whatever you have to do to get those drugs in your body. They're all synthetic, but let's pop it and push it and, and get it in our bodies. That's what mainstream media says. Big pharmaceutical companies, biggest drug dealers in the world, and I'm against them. I don't like it. But nobody's going after them to arrest them. No one's posting, you know, trying to put them in prison or incarcerate them for selling drugs because there's taxation on it. But neither... Here nor there. There are senior citizens, elders, even our babies, our children. People have medication that they need to keep from having heart attacks or uh, diabetes and uh, God knows all the other diseases that exist in the world today. And everybody's not 100% healthy, I get it. Some of us did crazy things in our youth that's got us all jammed up now at this age. Walking with a limp half cut off and this, that, and the other, and we did it to ourselves. But now we have to take medication to keep our hearts from blowing up, and uh, our lungs, and our livers, and all of these other things diseases. So we need our medication, we need to make sure that people can get medication to stay alive, right? So why should it have to cost the elders, if you're over the age of 60, 65, they should not be paying more than $5 for a a bottle of pills or, or their injection. If anything, give it to them free because if they've lived that long and they've put equity into this United States of America, the least we can do is keep them healthy and alive and give them their medication and it shouldn't cost them a dime or not much more than 10 cents. Yes, I'm opinionated, but I feel like the answers, the solutions are very simple. We make things harder on ourselves than they absolutely have to be America, particularly here in Delaware. I've got to talk about Delaware because this is where I domicile. I domicile in Delaware, so I have to talk about the state of Delaware. Now, as we gear up for these primaries, I will tell you, uh, you know, I won't go too far down the road, but I have to at least tell you that I definitely was uh, privileged to sit in the company of the General Assembly Black Caucus over the weekend. I had an opportunity to do that. I'm sorry, not over the week. It was Monday. Monday, I had the privilege to sit in the company of the Delaware General Assembly Black Caucus, our legislators. And it was a great meeting. We did a great little meeting over at the Muslim Center. If you're here in Wilmington, you know where the Muslim Center is. Brother Muhammad Salaam, uh, Dwight Davis, and and the list goes on. Elder Ty Johnson, just a, a guest list of people, of advocacy and speakers. And we had a great conversation. Great conversation, bravo to our Delaware General Assembly Black Caucus legislators. Thank you for the work that you do. We appreciate you. I even made a new friend. I had the good fortune of making a new friend with one of our uh, legislators. So I wanna make sure moving forward that I do uh, get, that, get that legislator here on the show so we can talk politics uh, moving forward. So, you know, Ladies and gentlemen, I got to tell you I feel some kind of way uh, about quite a few things and perhaps you do as well Uh, But you know economic justice uh, is where we left off talking about Representation in the event that someone receives an eviction notice Also on smart justice, which is very strong with the ACLU House bill 244 House bill 244 would eliminate a number of fines and fees that would also prohibit the Division of Motor Vehicle from suspending driver's license as a penalty for non-payment of a fine or a fee, costs, assessment or restitution. House Bill 244 has passed the House and awaits a Senate floor vote. It awaits a Senate floor vote. We're waiting. And I think anybody with any brain capital in it just if you have any smarts at all, just a little smidget of good sense, you know we need to pass this bill because it is outrageous to put these fines and fees on people where they're already coming from low income families or are perhaps uh, disproportionately unemployed families. And now you're gonna put bills on them, fines and fees on them. And what do you think that's gonna do? It's just going to perpetuate the cycle. They get so big, now you can't drive. You, they took your license from you. You can't drive, but you got to go to work to feed the babies and your husband and wife. And so you drive without a license, and then you get caught, and you go to jail, and it's just a cycle. It's a cycle set up for failure. So we've got to let House Bill 244 it's got to go through It's sitting on the Senate floor. And if it doesn't pass today or tomorrow, well, guess what, ladies and gentlemen? We will be in a precarious situation. We really will be in a precarious situation if it doesn't pass by tomorrow afternoon. It says from the ACLU that we expect the legislators will introduce a probation reform bill this week. While this bill is unlikely to progress this legislative session, it will lay the foundation for probation reform in 2023. In 2023. In 2023. 2023. Probation reform. You see, Many of you that don't deal with the courts, or you don't have a loved one who's incarcerated, or you, you just don't know anything about the prison system. Now, far too many of us do. Far too many of us absolutely do. This is where the correlation between politics and make some intelligent noise, justice movement, this is where they, they both meet, where the rubber meets the road. You've got fines and fees and people driving without a license because it was suspended because you didn't pay. costs and assessments and probation is set up for failure. Probation is a set up for failure. It's supposed to be a counselor working with you to help you reacclimate into society. That's what it's supposed to be. Initially, allegedly, it was set up to do that. People who have been incarcerated, they come home and they need a little help, some guidance. You were supposed to be able to go to your probation officer, who was a kind and caring counselor. Who would help you find employment, uh, find housing, uh, care about your issues and concern, if you needed medical treatment or perhaps you want to stay away from drugs, maybe drugs is what put you in jail and now you're out and you're off and you want to stay away from that. The probation officer was supposed to be the counselor that you could turn to for that type of help and assistance. Supposedly, but you know what probation and parole really seems to do by my eyesight, from my experience of it? First, you've got to pay them to to probation you, to, to monitor you. I've got to pay you to supervise me. I got to pay you to supervise me. I'm a grown ass woman, but I got to pay you to supervise me, right? So so let's start off with the indignation of that. The indignation. I got to pay you to supervise me. Not help me, but supervise me. And if I'm one minute late, getting into whatever the location I'm supposed to be in at nine o'clock, eight o'clock, whatever time, let's just hypothetically say uh, eight o'clock, I have to be in the house. And if I get in the house at 8.01, guess what you're not going to cut me a break because you're my counselor who cares about me as a probation officer. No, you're going to lock me up and take me right back to jail. Are you serious? Are you serious? Perhaps my watch just didn't, wasn't set at the same time your watch. What if I got a flat tire and I had to run from the car all the way back to, uh, the place where I live and I got there almost barely alive and breathing at eight Oh one, but you're going to take me back to jail. You're not going to have any sympathy, any empathy. Where's the compassion? You're going to take me back to jail write me up uh, and and violate my probation. And and maybe that's a little bit over-dramatizing, but in some cases it's not. I have actual information of people who was one minute late getting back to their house, dealt with a scenario in the street and literally ran from way out there all the way to their house to get there, to be on time. They were two minutes late. They were violated for probation. So do not tell me that all probation officers care as counselors. So we need some reform in the probation. We, We really do. First of all, I don't see why I've got to pay you to supervise me. The judge put me in the jail, right? The judge, isn't that the one who sentenced me to jail? For whatever reason it was, he sentenced me to jail. Let the judge pay you to supervise me. Let the state pick up the tab to supervise me. I'll tell you, ladies and gentlemen, sometimes it just doesn't make any sense. It just does not make any good sense to me, to Rochelle Wilson. And I'm not the smartest cookie in the jar. I'm really not. By far, I'm not the smartest cookie in the jar. Probably the dumbest because I'm a college dropout. I dropped out of college. I was at the cake parties. I was up on top of the roof, partying and hanging out with folks, involved in all kinds of shenanigans, but had a good time. So, you know, and got up and went to class the next morning, but still didn't keep the grades up. I'm a college dropout. So I'm not the smartest cookie in the jar, but ladies and gentlemen, I assure you, I am an ardent reader and researcher. So what I didn't learn in college, which is really all just about repetition anyway, it's just about repeat, 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 repeat. And the people that repeat the best, they get the highest degrees. Oh, you can, you're the best uh, disseminator, regurgitator of information, so we're gonna give you a PhD. You're doctor so-and-so because you regurgitate the information that we gave you so very well. But hey, I'm not, you know, I'm not busting chops. Congratulations, you got a college degree, long mwah, mwah, mwah. Kisses to you, honey. Hold on to it, congratulations. But I'll tell you, being able to research information, to to Google it, to look it up in the books, to learn what the words mean, uh, even if that sends you down a whole nother rabbit hole, and you got to look up five more words just to understand what this one word meant. There's something very special about a person who's able to do that. Very special, a person who's able to do that. And I take a little bit of pride, if you don't mind, ladies and gentlemen, I'm able to do that. I do it very well. And I'm always encouraging you to do it. And if by any chance, if I give a broadcast report of information and I miss something, I didn't catch it, or you have knowledge and information that perhaps I'm not privy to, please let me know make me qualify. You can always give a call at 844-944-3953. 844-944-3953. Tell me where I made a mistake. Correct it. I want to learn. I'm learning just like you. I don't know it all, but I know a lot. I really know a lot. So, Uh, You are listening to WHGE 95.3 FM. I'm Rochelle Wilson here for the Political Power Hour where we talk politics, we talk government. And I hope that you will stay with me. I will be here with you all the way up to the general election. I will stay right here with you every Wednesday from now until the general election, from four until 5 p.m. And I will have guests, come on, who are those smart brainiacs in politics and they will join me. I've even invited some of our own WHGE radio hosts to come and sit with me because they're better at politics than I am. They're better at it than I am. And I think I'm halfway decent. So we're going to get them to come on and chit chat with us as well. This is a learning experience. We're all going to learn together. We're going to liberate our minds so that the rest of us can follow. And when we get to the levers and the buttons and the curtains, or if you're going to mail in the ballot, that's fine too. I love going to the, I just love pulling the curtain and push the, I love that part, push the button, pull the lever. To me, it's just empowering to be right there and just push the button for who I want to vote. I'm feeling empowered and as I push the button, I'm empowering my candidate. But when we all get to the point where we're making our selection of who's going to be our future legislators moving forward, let's just do it intelligently. Let's make sure that we've really read up on their agenda for their campaign and that we hold them accountable to their promises. If they promise to work in justice reform, social justice, economic justice, whatever the justice is, smart justice, whatever the justice is, be accountable to that. People are tired of politicians elected public servants making promises to do A, B, and C and then we're left holding the bag again. We're not not doing that anymore. They need our vote in order to move forward. This is where your vote counts. I've explained to you going over the Constitution. The Constitution says we the people Only have the power, politicians only have the power based on we, the people. We are their power. Without our vote, they don't get to be public servants. So your vote matters. Vote intelligently. Don't just vote based on the color. We're not back in the 1800s where we're so stupid, we can't read and write, and we can only vote based on the blue color or the red color. We know now what red is. We know blue is Democrat and red is Republican. We know what Democrat and Republican stands for. So don't just vote the party, the color, red or blue, vote the person. Who is the person that stands for the issues that you stand for? You can always go to the ACLU Uh, They're doing a great thing with voter registration, making sure that everyone is registered to vote. I can't say for sure, but I think, do not quote me on this, I think that WHGE might, might be moving forward as a place where this community on the east side, you can register to vote. I will check that out. I will get confirmation. or or deconfirm that statement. If it's true that WHGE will be a place that people can come to register and vote, trust me, Rochelle Wilson will be one of the first, (laughs) one of the first journalists to announce it. I promise, because that's big. And I think we should do it, but that is up to management and our tech gurus. They're the brain power. We're the journalists and they're the brains. And you are listening to WHGE 95.3 FM. I'm Rochelle Wilson. I am your hostess, your journalist, your correspondent, your political correspondent for the Political Power Hour. Here every Wednesday, 4 until 5. And make some intelligent noise every Saturday from 1.00 until 2. So I just want to leave you with this. Uh, it's I think it, it's, it's worthy. So the Delaware Council on Corrections, I had an opportunity, the privilege and the honor to sit in the company of the Council on Corrections and uh, good chat, good chat, Commissioner Hudson um, strikes me as a man who does want to see a better Department of Corrections. He wants to see a better Department of Corrections, but let's not forget that dirty little ugly word, the systems. Mm -hmm. There are systems in place, and you gotta follow the system, the procedure of the system. So as much as Commissioner Hudson strikes me as a man that might be willing and interested in seeing a better Department of Correction here for the state of Delaware, the Delaware Department of Correction, uh, he still has to follow the procedure and the systems. He still has to follow the procedure and the system. But I was able to sit in their their, uh, company and engage and listen. the conversation and the only thing that I can really uh, comfortably report on uh, some things are just not for everybody I have to let some people say their own things so I'm just going to tell you the part that I can tell you and I do want you to know please if you are the family uh, of a loved one who is currently incarcerated if you are sending in if you are sending in uh, envelopes and mail to your loved one and it has been sprayed, sprayed with K2, which is a drug, you spray it on the envelope, you send it in, the inmate or the resident, uh, the person who was incarcerated, receives the envelope, does what they have to do to scrape the drugs off and then sells it uh, You know, inside the prison. Or maybe they just consume the drugs for themselves. Whatever the scenario is, If you have a loved one incarcerated and somehow you're sending them K2 or drugs via the United States Postal Service, I want you to know, baby, you're talking federal offense and the prisons now have a way to monitor that. There's a new light in town. The mail goes under the light. And if it has K2 or any other type of paraphernalia or, or drugs or anything that's illegal, any illegal substances, not only does the inmate now face federal charges, trust me, so too will the mailer of the envelope. The mailer of the envelope is looking at federal charges. You cannot mess with the United States Postal Service, per Postal Office. You can't do that. That's federal, baby. You're looking at 10, 12, 15, 20 years. So don't do it. It's not worth it. If your loved one is in there asking you to send them drugs, don't do it. Don't do it. Because they're setting themselves up for failure and you too. Because if you send it, (laughs) even if you don't put your return address on it, The light will tell them where the envelope came from, and you better look out, because the federal marshals are coming to your door, or at least the sheriff's department, and then you'll get to the federal marshal. So don't do it, ladies and gentlemen. It's not worth it. On any account, it's not worth it. Don't send drugs into the prison. You're looking for trouble. I'm Rochelle Wilson. This has been the Political Power Hour. I pray that I have given some information today that has enlightened you, motivated you, and perhaps even inspired you to be a part of the change, to be the change that you want to see. I am your mental liberator. I'm going to free your mind. Things that you haven't even thought about as possibilities in the past, Rochelle Wilson is going to give you credence to think about that. Just think about it. What if, suppose, maybe, or how about? I appreciate you tuning in, and uh, I appreciate you. Thank you for allowing me to be in your presence once again on another Wednesday at 4 until 5 for the Political Power Hour. I can't tell you enough. How much I appreciate being here as a commander on the airwaves, a commander in the Air Force. I'm Rosha Wilson. Until we meet right back here next Wednesday at four o'clock. Be good to yourselves. Take care of yourself. Karma is real. God loves you. And so too do I. And make sure you you drink your water. This one is uh, pH balance. I'm drinking pH balance, especially for our ladies. Ladies, we need pH balance water uh, because we have body parts that benefit from pH balance water, okay? Mm -hmm. Take care, everyone. Until I see you on Saturday, peace and grace. I love you.